So we've been talking about hospitality, and we've been talking about the hospitality of God. How many know he's a hospitable God? He sent his only son, Jesus, and invites us to a great banquet, right? We see it from Genesis to Revelation and this great banquet where Jesus himself is going to serve us. But in this story, in this story, this story is a little different because in this story, Jesus invites himself. He invites himself. He says, I'm going to your house. I love it when Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to make a visit to your house. It's interesting. Let me give you some background on this because it's really interesting. And I, I've done a lot of studying on, on the pre-flood society the way it is. Not, not a lot. Not, there aren't any written, written records. But how many believe Noah and his sons passed down? Can you imagine that there's only eight people in the world? And by the way, the population, this, this is neat. Don't hold this against me. But they, they actually did a study on how you could get from just a few people to what, what's the population of the earth now? Seven billion, I think. And, and they did the math, and if you start with eight people, it would take exactly this long, mathematically, to get to eight, seven billion people. So I don't know how people been on the planet for 100 million years or whatever they think, 100,000 years. I mean, population itself, there's no way. Where are the skeletons? <laughs> That's a lot of people. Um, no, no, no. We've only been on the planet 6,000 6, years. Come on. I know scientists will say that you're, you're a Neanderthal <clears throat> for believing that, but believe me, if I had three or four hours, I could lay it out and absolutely prove to you that we've only been around for 6,000 years. So Noah comes along and, and restarts human society. Come on. And Babel happens. And all the stories we hear, <laughs> all the stories we hear about gods and all this stuff, you know what? They're just pointing back to those original people that were so awesome, that restarted the human race. They were called giants and all this stuff. Anyway, one of the things about culture is this, especially in the Greek culture, but we see this in, in a lot of ancient cultures and even today, is the importance of hospitality. If you don't have hospitality, you don't have a culture. You don't have civilization. Even today, the, the Bedouins in the desert, if your enemy comes to your tent, you had to take care of him. I don't care how much you hated him. I don't care if you want to kill him. You had to take him in. Let him spend the night, give him food and drink, and then after he leaves, you can hate him again. But you could not, you had to even be hospitable to your enemies. Here's what the Greeks believed, and other cultures believe this too. They believed that Zeus... Zeus would send strangers to your house to test you. In fact, the Greeks also believe that sometimes Zeus himself would dress up like a stranger and come to your house. I wonder where they got that from. 
Maybe they got that from the Abraham story where angels came and Abraham entertained them. Didn't know there were angels. And over in the book of Hebrews it says, be hospitable because you never know when you might be entertaining angels. I know some of you are thinking, well, what are the chances? But you know what? You don't just, you might, some of you might, might, maybe one person in this congregation might entertain an angel one day. But you know what Matthew 25 says? If you do it unto the least of them, you do it unto. You may never entertain an angel, but you can entertain Jesus every day. Just by being good to somebody. So we have the story of Zacchaeus. Ding dong, hello. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Let's go through the story real quick. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. This is the last story before he comes to Jerusalem, and we got all the passion narratives after that. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And I know we think that he's some little, little kid almost. But no, he's a chief tax collector. He's the tax collector over the tax collectors. He's in charge of the treasury. How many know this guy's got some money? He's a wealthy man and very hated. <laughs> Chief tax collector, and he was rich. Okay, we get it. And, but, but listen, he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to know more about Jesus. I, I think he's already heard something. Because he said, I've been giving my money away. Some people are touched by Jesus even before they meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. But he could not because of the crowd. And how many know nobody's letting him go through? For he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, got ahead of the crowd, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. He knew he was going to pass that way. All right. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, oh, my God, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. How many know some of them are like? So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they, oh, how many know there's always a they? But when they, you know what? The only people in this story that need to get saved are the they. When they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. <sighs> then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I, you know, I'll rest I restore it fourfold. I, I believe his life's already been touched before this. And Jesus said to him, today, say today. Today salvation has come, not just to Zacchaeus, but the whole house. I got a word for somebody. God doesn't want just you saved. He wants the whole house saved. Because he also is a son of Abraham, chief tax collector. 
For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, 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 lost. Amen. So here's a couple points. We need to understand that Zacchaeus, though he is a rich man, is a marginalized man. He's a man that's been pushed out of society he, he, for two reasons. First of all, he's marginalized because he's short, so he can't, you know, he, he can't see Jesus. So he climbs up into the sycamore tree, which is a sign of humility. Here's, can you imagine Bill Gates? Can you imagine Oprah climbing up into a sycamore tree just to see Jesus? You got to get this because this is how rich this guy is. Nobody will stand aside for him. Nobody else is going to invite him home. Nobody will make room for him. Sound like Jesus from his birth to his death? Come on. So he's on the, he's on the margins. He's a man that is not accepted. Now, I want you to get this because most of us, maybe hopefully all of us, we would rejoice if, if a prostitute came to church and got saved. If someone hooked on drugs, if somebody was a violent person, got saved, we could, we could accept the sinner. But Zacchaeus wasn't like them. Zacchaeus is not at the bottom of society. He's at the top of society. Let me, let me, let me change the story here a little bit. How, how do you deal with people who really tick you off? How do you deal with people that you watch on the news? How do you, you see... If you're gay, you're not at the bottom of society, but some of us really can't handle it. Oh, just be quiet on me. You're afraid to say amen. Thank you. What about the abortionists? Not someone who does an abortion, but the abortionists that are pushing abortions right up to the right up to the hour of birth, don't they tick you off? <laughs> what if they came to church? Some of you can't stand a Democrat. Come on now. <laughs> and if you're a Democrat, you can't stand a Republican. You see, for some of us, we can, we can handle the down and outers. But what about those that are the power brokers? What about those that are doing a lot of damage to our society and destroying our country? Can you love them? Jesus went home to eat with one of them. We don't relate to tax collector, but we relate to these people that are making merchandise out of us. Come on, church. 
How do we deal with those people? Can you sit in your living room and say, bless them? Well, you can't if you're from the South. You just say, uh, bless their heart. You can say anything you want about anybody in the South as long as you add, bless their heart. Bless their heart. Did you know someone, so-and-so's running around with so Bless their heart. Lord, help us. But number two, Zacchaeus made an extravagant gesture that gets Jesus' attention. Reminds me of the woman, right, who... The gate crasher came into the house and threw herself at his feet. And he, she's walking. Church, have you ever done an extravagant gesture to say to Jesus, I love you? Come on. Anybody? You see? It's one thing to be in the crowd. It's something else to be in the tree. We think as long as we're in the crowd. Well, I'm a, are you a Christian? You know, everyone's a Christian. Uh, even that's changing now, right? You, we're the only group that can be persecuted and talked about and slandered. But don't you dare slander them. In fact, if you slander a Muslim, they'll kill you. So we don't mess with any of them, but we're open game for anybody. I wonder why that is. We know why that is. The enemy's behind all this. So uh, some of us are, we're in the crowd, but we're not in the tree. It's not enough to come to church. You need a relationship. It's not enough to just say, well, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, but do you have a relationship? Yeah, ah, yeah, I'm in the Christian crowd, but how many of us are in the tree? How many of us will go that second mile? How many of us will proclaim to the world, I love Jesus? How many of us will stand out at work? When things are getting tighter and tighter, when you can't get a promotion, when you might even lose your job if you admit that you're a Christian, how many of us are going to stand in the tree? But I want you to understand, when he made that extravagant, radical gesture, i got to see Jesus, it got his attention. Nobody in the crowd went home with him that day. Only the one in the tree. Am I helping anybody this morning? And here's the thing. Sometimes, if you want to see Jesus, you got to go a little higher. Some of us wonder why we're not getting an answer to that prayer, why we're not getting any breakthroughs. It's because you're just sitting in the crowd. Sometimes you got to learn how to climb a little higher. You got to know how to praise a little longer. You got to know how to stay on your knees. Amen. You got to know how to get up in the middle of the night and give him glory and praise. And sometimes you have to stand up and make yourself counted. Hallelujah. Push through, climb higher, and you'll get the things that you're looking for. Jesus is looking for a house to visit this morning. Give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Wow. In God good. 
When we think about Zacchaeus, we almost think he's a kid. He's a wee little man, a wee little man. He could buy out all of us. What, what is it? He had childlike faith. Like I said, you never see an, an Oprah or a Bill Gates climb up into a tree. Too much pride. But he had childlike faith. Come on, church. Wow. It's, it's Galatians 4.19. It says, my little children, for whom I labor in birth un, again until Christ is formed. Some of us still have a baby Jesus. We've been saved. We've been introduced. But he's never been to the house. (laughs) We're Christians, but we're children, but he hasn't been formed. He's still a baby Jesus. We need the crucified Christ. We need the resurrected Christ in us. Amen. It wasn't his birth that got it. It was his resurrection that got it. We need to get out of the crowd and get up into the tree and be that person that draws close. But thirdly, Jesus says this. I must say I must. Capital M-U-S-T. That word in the Greek is really strong. He's not, he's not saying, can I? He's not saying, I might come by. He, he's not saying, I want to come by. He's saying, I must. That must is mission. In other words, my mission is to come to your house today. How many know he had other things on his mind? He's about to be crucified in a few days. He's about to go into Jerusalem. This this is the end of his ministry, and all he can think about is this tax collector who got his attention climbing up into the sycamore tree. Oh, come on. It's his mission. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it wonderful that Jesus is willing to meet you on your home court? He didn't say, meet me out back with the disciples after this is over. He didn't say, go, go back, go, let's go back to Mary and Martha's house and let them do the cooking. No, he says, I, I must, I must come to your house. I, I'm making a connection with you, and I don't care what anyone else says. Woo, praise God. I know he had better things to do. I know the time was running out. But Jesus is always willing to meet you on your turf. Just as you are, he's willing to meet with you. Never never get it in your head. I'm not worthy. Well, duh. You're not. None of us are. It's not about being worthy. It's about realizing he loves us anyway. And willing to come to our house, to our home, to our situation. Isn't it interesting that he knew his name? How did he know his name? Well, he's God. There's that. But don't you think Zacchaeus was surprised? He thought, I'm just going to get a view. I'm going to get a glimpse. And he's up there in the sycamore tree hiding in the branches. Zacchaeus! 
is. I see you. <laughs> I see. Oh, he sees us. If you'll just step up sometimes. Come on. Climb that tree. I see you and I know your name. And I'm coming. I have to come. I have to come to your house. And when he did, he said, today, today. The next time he says that, he says it again. The next time he says that is when he's hanging on the cross talking to the thief. And he says, today, I'll be with, you'll be with me in paradise. Today. How many know it's, to, it's all about today? You can't live in the past. You can't worry about the future. Let's live in today. You know what else he was saying about Zacchaeus? No one else liked him. No one else would have invited him over. Everyone else hated him, but he said he's one of us. Whenever you get saved, doesn't matter anyone else's opinion, you're one of us. Isn't that reason enough to start treating each other better? Because everyone here, whether you like them or not, I don't care how strange they are, how weird they might be, how much they get on your nerves, the fact of the matter is you're one of us. Oh, somebody ought to get you. I said you are one of us. Brother, sister. How many are old enough to remember in the church everybody was brother? Every, I, they never called me pastor. It was Brother Philippi. The old timers will still do that. Brother Philippi. You young people. Are like, well. they, you get out and you get out, you're over there at Myers and hey, Brother Philippi. And everyone's like, brother, what? what? And it's a black guy. I know he ain't his brother. <laughs> One of us. Doesn't matter who we are, what color we are, where we. You may not like him, but you're one of us. I'll never forget old sister Murphy. Uh, Y'all remember Bernice? Oh, my God, what a saint. What a saint of God. She may have been the very first black person that came to our church way back in the old building. And and we we did a little thing. We, We put mine and Gloria's pictures on a magnet. So you can put our picture on your refrigerator. I don't know why we did something stupid like that. And Sister Murphy put her put my picture, put mine in glory, put our picture there on her refrigerator. And all her black family would come over and say, What's that white man doing on your refrigerator? What do you, what do you got a white man on your refrigerator? That's my pastor. And they go, Oh, jeez. What is wrong with you, woman? <laughs> She wasn't, she wasn't ashamed of the fact that she was one of us. And, and, and we, were, we, were, we were with her. And we're, we're one of her. And she's one of us. Or however you say that grammatically, amen. We're in this together. We need to put Jesus first. Hallelujah. It's all about him. And if you love him, I love you. Even if you don't love him, I still love you. But if you want to be one of us, just become a Christian.
Somebody praise the Lord if you know what I'm saying. It's simple. But it's surprising how many don't get it. Don't get it at all. You're one of us. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. I'm almost done. Revelation 3:20 says, Behold, I what? At the what? Doing what? Knocking, knocking, knocking. And who? Anyone? 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 Hears my voice and opens. You have responsibility to open the door. I will come in to him, dine with him, and he with me. This was in Jericho. You know, 1,400 years before this, another woman at the bottom of society came into the family of God. Her name was Rahab. Oh, Sister Rahab. Rahab the harlot. I don't know why they can't call her the, the woman who came into the Jewish nation. <laughs> you know, it's like you go to heaven and you say, you know what? I, I, I got my name in the book, but they had to add harlot to it. Thanks a lot. Rahab the harlot. I don't know why. It, the Bible does. It's not really the Bible. It's the little little titles above. And they always name people according to their problem. The blind man, the lepers, the, come on. So Rahab the harlot invites the spies to hide out in the house. And because of her hospitality, she becomes the great-grandmother of King David. You know, you hate it when you do these genealogy studies and you find out your great-grandmother was a harlot. I mean, that's just... I hate it when that happens, you know? <laughs> but there it is. Who's my great-grandmother? Well, we don't talk about her much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it alone. <laughs> Lord. But in the, she wasn't a Jew. But <laughs> I, I wasn't going to go there. Don't make me go there. But this non-Jew, because of her, got into the story. She got into the story and becomes not just a part of the story, but a vital link in the story. She becomes the great-grandmother of King David and therefore Jesus. How many know she's strutting in heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Wow. But it's interesting. Let me close with this. The very next thing Luke tells us, and then he goes into the Passion, into the Last Supper. But he tells the story of the ten minas 
One guy got ten, one got five, one got one. Isn't that interesting? In other words, he's saying, listen, you've been given something. What are you going to do with it? I wonder what Zacchaeus did with it. I wonder how many believe that it changed his life. Probably changed a lot of people's lives because he's giving away money like making it rain. Come on. Some of us got ten. Some of us got five. Some of us got one. It's not about how much you got. It's what are you doing with it? I haven't read it yet, but there's a book out that's, that talks about uh, hospitality, and it talks about kindness. It's called something about kindness and how that being kind could literally change the world. Just being kind. We're living in a world where kindness is... See, it's really not so much what happens here on Sunday morning. Because there's not many sinners here. A few of you have backslid. But I mean, we... No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but where, where things really happen, not so much at the altar, where things really happen is when you go out into the world and just be kind. Actually paying for the person's food to let them have it. Being, tipping your waitress. Ask any waitress, and they said the worst day is Sunday because the Christians are here. Some of us have been saved too long. Think we don't owe any, like, and then we're mean towards them. Now, come, can't, can't you get me my food faster than that? What happened to I die daily? Sounds like you're alive. Sounds like you just want to do your thing. What, what happened to kindness in the family? What, what happened to just basic? It, it's the love of God. It's not really because they can't. It's hard for them to experience his love. But they, for most people, they can only experience the love of God through you. Grumpy. Where's the Kindness. Confession's good for the soul. Where's the kindness? Hospitality can change the world.